Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Monday, August 31st, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 200th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. That's right, we've made it all the way to 200, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to say thank you to those who have been listening over the last year or so. It truly means a lot to me, and I know it meant a lot to Jay Zawoski, the old host of this podcast as well. So thank you once again, everybody. And as always, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good stuff being posted there every day. All right, to kick off the show today, we got a lot to discuss from the last few days, and I'm sure most of you who listened to this podcast were aware that I did not post an episode on Tuesday and, or on Tuesday, on Thursday and Friday, as the NHL players decided to take a stand along with the NBA and a couple other professional sports teams and not play their games on Thursday and Friday because of the tragedies that involved Jacob Blake. George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, just to name a couple. And look, this is never meant to be a political show. I know none of you listen to this podcast because you care about my political opinions and whatnot, but it just didn't feel right for me to be talking about hockey with everything that was going on. And I didn't want to record an entire episode about politics because, as I said, this isn't a political podcast. This is a Blackhawks podcast to bring you Blackhawks news every day. So I was just kind of in a tough position, and I felt it was best to hold off for a couple of days and wait until the NHL and the players felt comfortable with returning to action. And speaking of returning to action, we saw a good chunk of playoff games over the weekend and a couple of back-to-backs as well to squeeze the scheduling back in place in order for uh, next season to start on time. And we saw Vegas and New York win both of their games over the weekend to take a 3-1 stranglehold on their respected series. And starting with Vegas, man, are they playing well as a team right now. Robin Leonard with another shutout and a 3-1 win on Saturday. And not only can Vegas win in low-scoring games, but they can also go out there and score goals as well. They won 5-3 to three last night. And for Vancouver, they're obviously just not ready for this kind of matchup. Don't get me wrong, that, that's a good team, a, a really good young team they have. Uh, and as I said last week, they remind me and a lot of people of the 2009 Blackhawks a little bit with their youth and talent. But Vegas, they're just ready to win a cup. They're kind of in a completely different mentality right now. And they're showing it in the second round series. They're up 3-1. to one, And I could see them closing it on Tuesday in five games once again. They get the matchup advantages back in their favor. And that game comes uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, as I just said. So look for the Vegas Golden Knights to try to close things out in five games for the second consecutive series. And for the Islanders, they just keep playing good defense and winning close hockey games. 3-1 to one on Saturday, 3-2 to two on Sunday. And what really impressed me the most was seeing Tomas Grice step in net on Sunday, a guy that we've talked about recently, uh, someone that the Hawks might want to take a look at in the offseason. But Grice stepped in and he made 36 saves for the win last night. And with these back-to-backs, we saw some backup goaltenders get some action. We saw Philadelphia go with Brian Elliott. And 
for New York to have that depth and have the option to play a guy like Grice in a back-to-back when Varlamov needs a night off, that's what makes this team so good. They have tons of depth all over the place in every position. And as I said, they're just playing some really solid hockey as a team right now. And that's why they're looking like they're uh, they're going to be headed to the conference finals here in the next couple of days. On Saturday, we also saw the Tampa Bay Lightning take Game 4 to go up 3-1 to one on the Boston Bruins. And you've heard me say it a lot recently, but Tampa Bay, they just look locked in and ready to win a Stanley Cup. Kind of like Vegas. Uh, and I said also that I think it would take getting over the Boston Bruins, a team that they have not been able to beat so many times in the playoffs, I think it would take finally beating them to reach their end goal of winning a Stanley Cup. And they're up 3-1 to one, uh, three to one right now with Game 5 coming tonight, a chance to close out the series and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals with a potential date against the New York Islanders. My oh my, what a series that would be. But for the Lightning, uh, you, all, you all know I have them winning the Stanley Cup and I really liked that pick right now. I'm not sure if there's another team who matches up with them as a whole because they're just so deep in every position. You look at what they have in net and Andre Vasilevsky. They have a pretty solid defense and then all four forward lines can score. So right now, I think they have to be the favorite in the entire NHL to win the Stanley Cup. And last but not least, the Dallas Stars, ladies and gentlemen, what a statement they are making right now by taking it to the Colorado Avalanche. They're up 3-1 to one after winning 5-4 to four last night in Game 4. Uh, I didn't think they had a chance in the series after how well Colorado played in that opening round against the Coyotes, but the Stars are the sleeper right now in the NHL playoffs for sure. They're getting terrific play from all their forward lines. Not only is the big three of Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, and Alex Radulov getting the job done, but they're getting consistent help from Rupe Hintz, Radic Foxa, Dennis Gurionov is playing out of his mind right now. And then Anton Kudobin, he's standing tall in net and appears to be their guy right now. He's another guy I've talked about the Blackhawks possibly taking interest in this summer, but with his strong play lately, Kudobin is very likely going to get a decent-sized payday in the offseason, which could put him out of the Hawks' price range. But anyways, back to Dallas. They're shocking the world right now. A 3-1 to lead in this series. As I said, getting great play from all four forward lines. Miro Haskinen is going to be a Norris Trophy winner at some point. That kid is an absolute stud. Not to mention they have John Klingberg and Asa Lindell back there. So they're a very sound defensive group. I always liked their goaltending, even when it was Ben Bishop before Kudobin started balling out like he has been lately. But that's a very good team right now. And, and uh, But for Colorado, they're not out of any series. The Stars, they have to take advantage and sort of have that smelling blood in the water mentality, will ya? Um, he, or not he, they have Colorado on the ropes right now. And with that offense, the Avs aren't out of any series. So for Dallas, I think they have to finish the job while you got the hot hand and never let momentum swing back to Colorado's side because if they take game five, look out. That team can get hot in a hurry, and all of a sudden, that series could be evened up 3-3 three to three heading into game seven. But that's what's been going on with the Stanley Cup playoffs in the last couple of days after the NHL players decided to take a stand on Thursday and Friday. And as I mentioned a moment ago, game five for the Bruins Lightning and the Stars-Avs series are both 
tonight. So some good hockey's going to be going on, and let's see if either Tampa or Dallas is able to close out their series. All right, coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into some Blackhawks news that occurred over the weekend, like announcer Eddie Olchek being interviewed for the Florida Panthers GM position. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar is back, and they now have 18 total flavors. Six of them are new. The six new flavors are Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber, so make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get $10 off your first order. Built Bar is also currently giving away a free cooler with every purchase, so now is the time to pull the trigger for the best protein bar on the market. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for $10 off your first Built Bar order. This is the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page, at JackBushman2, and my Blackhawks Twitter page, at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, so we just finished talking about the latest news from the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs from over the weekend. Now let's get into some Blackhawks news, starting with Blackhawks fan favorite Eddie Olchek being interviewed for the Florida Panthers GM position that is currently vacant after former Hawks GM, funny enough, Dale Talon was fired after the Florida Panthers dropped their first round series to the New York Islanders. Talon is also currently being investigated for using racial slurs during his tenure with the Panthers, but that's another story. Back to Olchek. The latest rumors around the hockey world say that he has been interviewed recently for the Panthers GM position, and he's actually expected to be a finalist for the position, according to a couple of sources. So we may be seeing Eddie O leave the broadcast broadcast booth, not only for the Blackhawks, but also for NBC Sports Network to return to the game of hockey in a front office position. As we all know, Eddie has quite the resume around the National Hockey League, being a former first-round pick of the Blackhawks, and he was also a Stanley Cup champion back in 1994 for the New York Rangers. And something a lot of people forget is that he also was the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins for a season before joining the broadcast booth. So just a guy that knows hockey and all facets of it, whether it be from up high in the booth or from behind the bench or also playing. So he's just got a great perspective of the players and 
really how an entire organization should be ran. He's always given some great insight on television. He gets frustrated with some of the decisions the Blackhawks make, and he just knows the game so well. So I hope that Eddie's interview with Florida did go positively because the guy really just deserves all he deserves the world. He's sacrificed his whole life, basically, to be announcing hockey games like five days a week. So I think it would be nice to see him rewarded for all that hard work. And also, I think it's really interesting that Florida is the team that's interviewing him. Not only has that franchise had ties to our organization for some time with Dale Talon previously calling the shots, but don't forget that Joel Quenville is behind the bench for that team down south. Could you imagine... Eddie O and Joel Quenville teaming up to run a hockey team together. It's really not that crazy of an idea, though, because we know how close those two are. We've heard a ton of stories, mostly from Eddie, over the years about him and Q betting horses together and whatnot. And just how cool would it be to see those guys in complete control of a hockey team? What what could have been Chicago if... Only we had not let a bonehead run our front office. But but there are, uh, going back to Olchek and the Panthers, there are obviously still some decisions that need to be made with this scenario. And there's been reports that Chris Drury, former NHL player and captain of the New York Rangers, was in the mix. And same with former Oilers GM Peter Chiarelli. So Olchek may not be the choice for the Panthers and may not be the final decision, but to me, it, it just makes almost too much sense. It's a great situation where Eddie would be completely comfortable with what's going on with the on-ice product. Q's calling the shots, so there's no issues there. And he, he has some ties to the Florida area with horse uh, horse racing and whatnot. So I really do think that Eddie Olchek just fits the job perfectly. And as much as it would hurt me to see him leave the broadcast booth, it would be really awesome to see him back involved with the game of hockey after everything he's been through the last couple of years. All right, Hawks fans, I think that will now take us to our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment here on the podcast, where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Hawks in their short postseason run, with today's feature being 27-year-old forward Brandon Saad. And for the majority of the postseason, Saad skated on the Blackhawks' top line with Dominic Kubalik and Jonathan Taze. And I've talked about it with those guys' recaps recently. That trio had things rolling early on in the qualifying round against the Edmonton Oilers. In Game 1, we saw that top line record 10 points as a trio, and Saad was responsible for two of them with a goal and an assist. And he was also responsible for five shots on goal, which would be his high for a game in these playoffs. And overall, even though... Saad didn't light up the stat sheet after Game 1 against the Oilers. He remained effective for the remainder of the series, and he wound up scoring a big goal in Game 4 to help close things out. And as we all know, going forward, the Blackhawks' entire offense was shut down, really, in the first round against the Vegas Golden Knights. But Saad did his part to try and get things going and help with two assists in the five games, but he wasn't able to find the back of the net despite putting 12 shots on goal. In the final game of the series, we saw Jeremy Colleton interestingly go with a little bit of a different look with their forwards as Saad was placed on the Blackhawks' third line with Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strom as we saw 
John Quenville for some reason get into the lineup and play on the top line. Um, but Saad in that third line teamed up for a goal in the first period. Saad wasn't credited with an assist, but he made the whole play happen with a nice maneuver while entering the blue line. And then he also had a secondary assist on the Hawks' first goal while he was skating with the top line. He got a shift with Taze and Kubalik. So Saad was one of the Blackhawks' best players in that elimination game five against Vegas. And really throughout the playoffs, he was solid possession-wise as he's always been throughout his career. So I wasn't disappointed with Saad's final results. He finished with two goals, three assists, a plus-two, plus-minus rating with 20 shots on goal and 16.5 minutes per night in his nine games played. But I just know he can do more for this team still. And he remains a question mark a little bit as a top-line forward for the Blackhawks. We haven't seen the same consistency out of Saad that we did from him early on in his career. So for that reason, I am also going to give Saad a B-minus for his performance in the playoffs. He created opportunities and played solid down low and in board battles, and he chipped in a bit offensively, but still, considering what we traded for him, I think all of us fans expect more out of Brandon Saad as a top-line winger for the Chicago Blackhawks going forward. Alright, so I think that wraps up Brandon Saad's 2020 postseason recap segment. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to answer a couple of questions from you, the listeners, right here live on Locked On Blackhawks as part of our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at Talkin' Hockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we just wrapped up Brandon Saad's 2020 postseason recap. Now it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a couple of questions from you, the listeners, right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. The first question I want to answer comes from Todd Marshaw, who emailed in his question, which was, do you think the Blackhawks winning the series against Edmonton was worth moving down to the 17th overall pick? Well, Todd, that's a great question. Thanks for taking the time to email in the podcast. To start, I definitely think it was worth getting Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, and a lot of the younger guys this playoff experience, even though we knew this team was not going to win the Stanley Cup. Right now, for the Hawks, it's all about how these young guys develop down the road so we can become a contender once again. And I think getting postseason experience is truly the best way to do that. Like, you can talk about the regular season grind all you want, and it's certainly true. The regular season is a battle of its own. 82 games is something that junior players have never experienced before in their lives. But the playoffs are a completely different beast. And when the opportunity comes for the Blackhawks to be a contender once again, you want these young guys ready for the high-pressured moments because they've been there already in their career. So while winning that series may have cost the Blackhawks seven or eight spots in the NHL draft, I do think it was worth it because these kids need they need to learn how to play big boy hockey and 
The best way to teach them is by throwing them right into the fire early on and making them kind of learn the hard way. I talk about it a lot on the podcast, but I'm a firm believer of learning the hard way as a young group. So, Todd, I do think this was the best thing for the Chicago Blackhawks long term. And with this draft being kind of a toughie, the Hawks can certainly still snag a really solid player with the 17th overall selection. The second question I want to answer also came from an email. This one was from Landon Townsend, emailing all the way from Arizona to ask, Do we really feel that the Blackhawks are going to become a playoff contender next season with the limited cap space they have in the offseason? Didn't really feel like Strom or DeBrinckit progressed nicely either. Same with Boquist. Well, Landon, it definitely is going to be tough for the Hawks to get to where they want to be by adding through free agency in the offseason. As we all know, the Hawks have to re-sign Dylan Strom, Dominic Kubalik, and possibly Drake Kajula and Slayer Cuckoo. Not to mention, they have to figure out what they're going to do with the starting goaltender position in Corey Crawford. So, yes, you're right. It's going. It's not going to be easy, and it's mostly going to depend on the development of a lot of these young guys. Yes, Stroman DeBrinckit both did take a step back this year, but they are still so young, and we know what they are capable of. Two years ago, they were so good. So I do think each player is due for a better 2020-2021 campaign after really having a, a struggle of a year for the Blackhawks. Uh, as for Boquist, he was in the NHL a year before anyone really expected him to be. So this season, the Hawks were kind of playing with house money. Don't read too much into a 19-year-old's first professional season, especially after being thrown into a top-pairing role in the postseason. I still think Boquist is going to be a really solid number two defenseman for the Blackhawks. I'm not sure if he's ever going to be a number one because of his limited defensive abilities, but his offense certainly has some really, really good upside. Be patient with him because... That transition to becoming a number two defenseman, that may take another two or three years, honestly, and we know how Blackhawks fans expect a lot immediately, but be patient with Adam Boquist. He's only 20 years old. He just turned 20 a couple weeks ago. He's got a lot of good hockey coming up in the next couple of years, and hopefully for a long time for the Chicago Blackhawks. But overall, I do feel better about the Hawks' chances next season if they can just play a better brand of hockey as a team. It cannot just be the Patrick Kane show on offense and the defense kind of lollygagging back there, if you will. Uh, They need to tighten things up and make life easier for whoever is going to be our number one goaltender to start next season. But we have the pieces. We have a lot of young talent and Kirby Doc, Alex DeBrinckit, Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strom, and then we also still have Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane to lead the charge on offense, so I'm not worried about that. I, I think it will all come down to whether or not the Blackhawks' defense, in particular Adam Boquist, Ian Mitchell, and a couple of the young guys, how they can handle decent minutes next season. I like Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy, and Duncan Keith is still a fine defensive piece, even for his age. So I think if the Hawks can get some improved play from their young guys on the back end, then I think that goes a long way for this team to be successful next season. All right, so I think that is going to finish up Mailbag Monday, August 31st episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Lockdown NHL podcast 
for all the latest news from all the teams that are still remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thank you again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.